Hello and welcome to the RBC Broadview Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoy this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. It's good to be back. For those of you who weren't aware, Mark and I have just been to Japan. We got back late Friday. Um, flying on the plane from Japan to Melbourne, though, I think I got about an hour's sleep. So I mentioned that to someone this morning, and they said, well, I hope you don't fall asleep during the sermon. I said, yeah, so do I. <laughs> so I hope you don't either. Back in 1996, for those of you who can remember back that far, there was a television ad for Lotto which showed a bus driver bypassing all the people, and I think we're going to show it, maybe, bypassing all the people waiting at each bus stop and then driving off into the sunset with not a care in the world. It was set to a very popular song. Who can remember what it was? Yes. The lyrics say, I want to break free. The message in the lotto ad implied that if you have enough money, you can experience freedom. No more constraints of a job or other people holding you back from what you really want to do. Driving off into the sunset, the forever after fairy tale ending. For those who are not familiar with that song, it's by Queen and it talks about a need to break, break free, most likely from a relationship, but it's worded that it could easily apply to multiple things such as a job or something or someone else that's holding them back. And with those five simple words, I want to break free, this song empowered the listener to make a choice, to put themselves first, to love themselves more than whatever is holding them back. However, by the end of the song, the singer has conceded that even though he's broken free, he still doesn't have the freedom that he so yearned for. He doesn't want to live alone and he can't seem to get that person or thing out of his mind. Today is the last on our series of broken signposts and I'm going to be talking to you on freedom, yes. I've actually been given two topics. I've also been given the topic of truth, which I'll touch on briefly, but the two go hand in hand. So as we've heard over the past few weeks, all of humanity has the same inbuilt yearnings, a desire for justice, for love, for beauty, freedom, truth, but which the world cannot quite get right. They are what N.T. Wright calls broken signposts. For those of you not aware, Tom Wright, or better known as N.T. Wright, is an Anglican bishop and a theologian, and he's written a book called Broken Signposts. They're signposts because they point to something beyond themselves, but they're broken or imperfect because of sin and our collective failures which make us look for things in all the wrong places. 
by ourselves, we can never find exactly what they point to or how to get them just right. But in God, in and through Jesus, he has revealed the true meaning of these things. As I just said, we've just come back from Japan. When we arrived in Hakodate, we found a lot of fish markets, but I was hoping to find a clothes shop to buy something a bit cooler to wear. I'm a hopeless packer when it comes to packing for a hot, humid climate in the middle of winter. Who's the same? So I packed jumpers and jackets, which I didn't even touch, and you know, socks and jeans, and I needed something cooler. So we were looking for a clothes shop. We went to a 7-Eleven and she kindly drew me a mud map and showed me where to go. So we followed her directions to where we thought she'd described, but we couldn't find the shop. Then I saw a schoolgirl walking along and I thought, I'm pretty sure Japanese school students learn English at school, so she should be able to speak English. So I said to her, do you speak English? And she's like, oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I tried to describe to her what we were looking for. She looked it up on her phone and motioned to follow her. So we followed her, and when we got to where the map had shown her, the building was there, but it was all boarded up, it was closed. She apologised, we thanked her, and went our separate ways. So I guess you could call this the modern version of a broken signpost. The map showed where to go, but it was flawed. We were looking for something that was no longer there. It couldn't be relied upon. Freedom in the dictionary has multiple meanings. The power or right to act, speak or think as you want without anyone stopping you. Release from slavery or prison. Being unrestricted, untethered, able to move easily. Absence of dominion from another, such as another person or a government. The state of not being subject to or affected by something such as fear or discrimination, a special privilege or a right of access, unrestricted use of something, or a situation in which there are no rules or controls and everyone acts for their own advantage. We all desire freedom, to break free from someone or something that is holding us back, but at what cost? In the advertisement I just showed, the bus driver wanted to break free, but at what cost? There were people waiting at bus stops who have now missed their bus, they're stranded, possibly making him late for work or an appointment. His own boss, the company has now lost a worker in peak hour, not to mention the bus as well. <laughs> the bus driver's family, I'm sure he had a wife or children or parents, He's left them, he's done a runner. I know this is only hypothetical, it's only an ad, but the reality is that freedom comes at a cost. Let's wind the clock back a little further to real life in the late 1960s, early 70s, to a time known as the hippie movement, where young people sought to free themselves from the societal and political restrictions. They questioned authority. They sought independence from the norm by their style of dress, grooming, dance, music and speech. They were in search of peace, free love, free expression. But at what cost? 
During this time, there was an increased rate of sexually transmitted diseases. There were unwanted pregnancies and worse, backyard abortions. There was a breakdown of the family structure. Malnutrition was widespread. Drug and alcohol addiction increased. And we all know the devastation that that can cause. We all have an innate desire for freedom. And N.T. Wright says the desire for freedom is a God-given instinct implanted in all image bearers. The God who made us wants us to be free. You know, we cheer on the person in the movies who breaks free from a toxic relationship or from some form of prison or entrapment, who gets promoted, bypassing an awful boss or colleague, who follows the plans of the bad guy and manages to escape. We love the driving off into the sunset and the they lived happily ever after endings because we can relate to that need for freedom. We know how it feels to be boxed in or controlled. We want the right to be able to make our own choices and have things done our way. But did you know this wanting of our rights, wanting things to be done our way, is not of God? It's actually idolatry. Again, N.T. Wright says, idols, all the more powerful when not recognised as such, are anything that all humans place above and give their ultimate allegiance to other than the one God himself. When we place our needs and wants above what God has planned for us, that's idolatry. When we're putting what we want to do without seeking the will of God and putting his kingdom first, that's idolatry. Idolatry is sin and sin is a form of slavery. Let's have a look at John 8. Starting at verse 31. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been slaves of anyone. How could you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. The Jews didn't understand what Jesus was saying. They claimed we've never been slaves to anyone, completely ignoring the fact that their ancestors ancestors had been in slavery in Egypt and the whole story of the exodus and the annual Passover celebration were constant reminders of the freedom that they'd been given when God led them out of bondage and out of Egypt and into the promised land. These Jews were referring to a law which is found in Leviticus 25. It says, if any of your fellow Israelites become poor and sell themselves to you, Do not make them work as slaves. And then verse 42 says, Because the Israelites are my servants whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. So that's what the Jews were referring to. But Jesus 
was referring to their spiritual condition. We might think that we are free when we're doing what we want to do, but are we? Are we really? We sing songs like, bring all your failures, bring your addictions, come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. That's God so loved by we the kingdom. And we sing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every dark addiction starts to break. I speak Jesus by Hebe Lions. And now my debt is paid, it is paid in full by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed, which we sang this morning, Man of Sorrows by Hillsong. These aren't just random lyrics to create a nice song. These words are real and they're powerful. When we sin, sin is our master. We've become a slave to sin. And just as we read in John 8, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The Apostle Paul reinforces it in Romans chapter 6, 16. He says, surely you know that you became the slaves of whatever you give yourselves to. Anything or anyone you follow will be your master. You can follow sin or you can obey God. Following sin brings spiritual death. But obeying God makes you right with him. When we sin, someone or something is our master. That person or thing is in control and not us. We might think we're in control and doing what we want to do. But to stop doing whatever it is isn't easy. We can't stop sinning in our own strength. I'm sure you've all tried it. You determine, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to demand that things are going my way. I'm not going to watch that porn. I'm not going to have sex before marriage. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be jealous of what that person has. I'm not going to be mean to that person. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z anymore. And by the end of the week, or maybe even the end of the day, you've done it again. That's because it's not us in control. The enemy likes to make us think we are, but we're not. He tricks us into thinking that we're in control and that we can stop at any time. But in reality, the more we sin, the tighter the grip of slavery. We also sing songs like, My chains are gone, I've been set free. Amazing Grace by Chris Tomlin. And see on the hill of Calvary, my Saviour bled for me. My Jesus set me free. We sang that again this morning, what he's done by Passion Conference. And hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. You've broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Living hope by Phil Wickham. But do we feel free? Are we really free? What does that mean anyway? I am free. Sometimes we think that being free means having it all together, being free from the pressures of this world and having everything going smoothly. 
That's not true freedom. We can be free situationally or we can be free spiritually. We can appear free to others but inside we're in an emotional or a spiritual prison. We might even appear happy and as though we've got it all together but inside we're feeling trapped. We pray for a change in our circumstances, a better job, the right partner in life, more money so we can have financial freedom. And God can answer these things. And perhaps God will answer these things. And we might even experience a form of freedom for a time. But this isn't true freedom. These things are situational. These things are temporal. Your job may end. Your partner may leave. The landlord wants to sell your home. The bills keep piling up. Or even worse is the fact that these things, these answers to prayer, aren't making us any happier. We thought they would, but we still don't feel that freedom that we sing about. We're in a spiritual oppression, an inner prison. We don't feel free at all. That anxiety and depression is still there, even though my outward situation has changed. When my first son was six months old, I discovered I was pregnant again. It was not planned, by me at least. I fell into a deep depression. I struggled. I needed help. And Mum said to me, if you live closer, I'd be able to give you a hand. So I decided that's what we needed to do. We needed to sell up. We were in Anglewell at the time and move we found a house in Enfield, which was closer to Mum. My outward situation changed, but I still wasn't free. I still wasn't happy, and I knew I'd made a huge mistake. There's a much longer story involved, which one day I hope to share with you. I wanted my freedom from my situation, but at what cost? The move cost us a lot financially, but more than that, I paid a huge price spiritually. I realised that I had stepped out of the will of God. And if any of you have ever done that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The sense of grieving the Holy Spirit is an awful feeling. I needed to accept God's plan for my life not mine. I wanted freedom and I knew that my attitude needed to change. I needed spiritual freedom but I had chosen situational freedom which is a very poor imitation. Like Jonah, we can try to run away from God and his plan for our life but he will always bring us back to where we departed until we learn to accept his will. I could have moved all over Australia looking for happiness and freedom, but until I accepted God's will for my life, I would never be truly free. Stephen Furtick, the founding part, pastor of Evelyn, now my tongue's gone, 
the founding pastor of Elevation Church in North Carolina. He says, my faith is the expectation that God is in control and when I trust him, I am free. Maybe you're thinking, I'm a Christian, but I'm still struggling with depression and anxiety and I don't feel this true freedom that Christians are supposed to have. Depression and anxiety are caused by our unfulfilled expectations. Were you expecting your freedom to come from a change in your circumstance? Are you now disappointed that it hasn't happened? God wants to grow our faith. And the way he grows our faith is to disappoint our expectation of freedom. And he certainly got my attention. Has he got yours? In the passage I read earlier from John 8, Jesus said, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Down to verse 36. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Jesus is saying that only he, he being truth personified, can offer the freedom that we all yearn for. The truth will set you free. Jesus will set you free. You say, but I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. I worship Jesus. So why do I still not feel completely free? Among the writings of a French mathematician, Blaise Pascal, is a quote which is often paraphrased. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Sadly, the world has warped what can fill that hole. It's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Who remembers those Tupperware-shaped balls? My... My son used to get so frustrated when the, the circle wouldn't go into the square. Or... And we can be the same. We try to fill that void with something other than God. A worldly peg in a God-shaped hole. A my way peg in a God-shaped hole. A looking for love, acceptance, peace, freedom, enjoyment in all the wrong places, peg, in a God-shaped hole. Only God can fill that hole. We can't fill it for him. We must yield completely to him. In John 4, there's a story about a woman who was looking for freedom. She was looking for love and acceptance in all the wrong places. But instead of finding freedom, she kept falling further and further into bondage. This woman had had five husbands and was now with a man who was not her husband. She was enslaved by her past. Situationally, this woman was looking for freedom. She may have appeared free on the outside, but inside she was definitely not free. And when she met Jesus at the well in Samaria at noon he noticed immediately. He offered her something far more freeing and satisfying 
than what she had experienced so far. He offered her living water with a promise of never being thirsty again if she drank that water. He was offering her spiritual freedom, which is eternal, rather than worldly, situationally freedom, which doesn't last or satisfy. But the amazing thing that happened next, in verses 28 to 30 and verse 39, it says, Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And then down to 39, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Did you see it? The woman had a revelation of who Jesus was and left her water jar, symbolic of her burdens. She left them at the feet of Jesus and then went back to town in her newfound freedom. She left her burden behind and in a divine exchange found freedom, true freedom. But there's no such thing as free freedom. I'll say that again. There is no such thing as free freedom. There's always a cost. N.T. Wright says, freedom in one direction is purchased at the specific cost of non-freedom in another. The bus driver wanted freedom, but at what cost? The hippies wanted freedom, but at what cost? I looked for freedom in my situation, but at what cost? The woman at the well was looking for freedom, but at what cost? Freedom has a cost. But the good news is that that cost for our freedom has been paid in full. Jesus Christ died for our freedom. Jesus Christ died for your freedom. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus died for your freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. When we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, when Jesus has truly set us free, we don't have to earn our freedom or our salvation by trying to do the right thing. The debt for our sin has been paid fully, completely. In Christ, we are instantly free. We don't have to live up to others' expectations or appear to have it all together. Constantly trying to impress other people is exhausting. There's no freedom in that. 
We should be having those listed too. We don't have to try and fix everything. Sometimes we feel as though we need to fix everyone else's problems. We're not their saviour. It somehow makes us feel wanted or needed. When we, then we end up in depression because we couldn't do it or because we didn't get the recognition that we feel we deserved. When we fix our eyes on Christ, he will work out all things together for his good and his glory. Number four, we are not enslaved by accumulating material things when Jesus has truly set us free. Too often we buy more things to try and bring us happiness or contentment, but it doesn't satisfy. And we end up being enslaved by the financial merry-go-round of always wanting the latest fashion item or car or phone. My son constantly would say, my life will be complete when I get a Game Boy or when I get a DS or whatever the modern technology thing is these days. It was a constant saying of his, my life will be complete when... The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Give your heart fully and completely to Christ and store your treasures in heaven. Number five, we are not trapped by our past mistakes. The enemy loves to remind us of our past and we feel like we'll never be free from the guilt of what we've done. But this is a lie. Jesus, truth personified, has set us free. He's set you free from all sin, guilt and shame. In him you are forgiven and you are free. Number six, we don't have to live a double life. Too often people feel trapped by living the social media perfect life. This is tiring, it's draining, it's a prison. Jesus can set you free from the lie of trying to feel better about yourself. In him, you have the perfect life. Yes, there will still be problems and difficulties. That's life in this imperfect world. But in Christ, our freedom comes from following his lead and living in his will. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Has the Son, has Jesus truly set you free? Do you know Jesus? Really? Do you really know him? If you don't, I encourage you to come and talk to Pastor Andrew or Pastor Rachel or myself before going home today. Perhaps you're already a Christian, but you don't feel free. Maybe you've been searching for freedom in all the wrong places. And you're becoming further and further enslaved. Please don't leave today without seeking prayer or talking to one of the leaders. We're going to sing a final song now. I encourage you to come forward for prayer. Either come and sit on the front row during the song or immediately after.
Christ died for your freedom. You don't have to carry those burdens. You don't have to try and do it yourself. When we walk in his will, in his way, it's freeing. Trust me, I know. It is freeing. Maybe you don't even know what God's will for your life is. Once again, I encourage you, talk to your leaders. Come forward for prayer. That's what church is all about. Coming together. Being there for one another. Being the body of Christ to each other. Lord, I thank you so much that you died for our freedom, that you paid the ultimate price to free us from guilt, from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of slavery, that everything we need is in you, that you love us so much, that you, our Heavenly Father, loved us so much that you came to this earth and became one of us so that you could die in our place. Thank you so much. Help us to lay all of our burdens at your feet. Give us a fresh revelation of who you are and what you have done for us so that we can walk with our heads held high, walking in freedom. Thank you, Lord. Amen.